Coming up on the show today, we are talking 410 racing in California, Scotty Thiel and more cash at Bristol. Let's roll. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. I try and keep these shows as packed full of content as I can, which is why I've eliminated a lot of the pluggy stuff from my daily spiels. Uh, but every once in a while, I want to jump back in with a quick reminder. If you like what I do here, like these videos and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're a podcast listener, make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app and leave me a review. I just got some of these new really big ass dirt tracker decals uh, shipped in. Uh, so here's what I will do. If you leave it podcast review or subscribe to the YouTube channel, shoot me a screenshot proving you did so. And I'll pick five emailers to send one of those big ass decals to for free. You can send your emails to info at dirttracker.com. And I'll give you a few days to submit those if you would like. These decals will look a lot better on your car or your beer fridge than they stacked up on my desk. And if you don't want to wait to try and win one, you can also buy one of these smaller Dirt Tracker decals right now at dirttracker.com slash decal. They are $3 uh, with postage to your house. I want to start the show today with a reaction to a comment uh, on my show from yesterday. Sprint car season out in California got started over the weekend at Hanford with Carson Macedo getting the win over Kerry Madsen. From a distance, it didn't look like a bad show to get 2022 kicked off, but not everyone agreed. In my YouTube comments, Speedy pointed out that the 410 field was light. Uh, there was actually 14 cars on the final results sheet and called it a, quote, sad show at Hanford, unquote. He made reference to some of the recent talk about how promoters are trying to elevate 410 racing outrests, but pointed to this event as an example of how things are not getting better. On some level, I see his point. You would certainly hope for more than 14 cars. And I know there were issues with the format. And they ran a dash that somehow, for some reason, ended up not counting. They lined it up wrong or something and decided to just scrap the whole thing. But on the flip side, I think we have to give some of this uh, work by some of the promoters and some of the tracks some time to kind of take uh, some time to kind of take hold out there. I know there's all kinds of issues about 410 racing and and parts and and owners and tracks and series and all these things. There's a lot of obviously issues about why 410 racing in California has kind of been on the downfall, but it didn't happen overnight that things kind of went sideways and it's not going to come back overnight uh, for things to get better. Kevin Rudine and Peter Murphy have only owned Skagit up in Washington for a few months. Their new kind of 410 version of the Trophy Cup hasn't even happened yet. And then Brad Sweet, Kyle Larson, and Colby Copeland's new venture running Silver Dollar Speedway is also very young with their first event still upcoming. 410 Racing Out West is also adopting the new Outlaw Tire Rule, but again, that is very, very young. I think there are a lot of steps being made in a positive direction out west, but we have to be patient to allow them to take effect. And we also need to remember that we still live in a world with ongoing supply chain issues. Parts and pieces are still difficult to come by. And with the World of Outlaws inbound in a few weeks, I think there's a reasonable chance that some of those teams are saving their 410s for later in the month and later in the season. Changes like this are not going to create results overnight. That's just not how it works. This will probably take, I would guess, at least a few seasons before it has any real meaningful impact and something that you can really measure, especially in this current climate. He also mentioned some specific drivers in his comment, including guys like Rico Abreu. And as we've talked about on here before, Rico's focus in 2022 is on a much heavier outlaw schedule with Ricky Warner as crew chief. 
And an early season Saturday night show at Hanford, California for 4,000 a win is probably low on the priority list, especially when Rico is headed to Texas this coming weekend for what I'm assuming are probably two 10,000 a win nights with the Outlaws. Still very early in the year, car counts will get better. We have to be patient allow these changes to really take effect before we can start declaring that 410 racing in California isn't better and it's not going to be better. And I know a lot of folks are going to point to Marysville and the, you know, the 360 field was bigger at Marysville than it was at Hanford. And, and again, this is where you're at right now, right? Like you've got tracks running in different parts of the state on the same night. You're going to be drawing cars away. Let's wait for the NARC season to get started and for the outlaws to come to town and for some of these changes to really start taking effect before we really start bashing uh, the future of 410 racing out west. Speaking of 410 racing, the, four, uh, the all-star season is still a ways from getting underway with their point season. We're still waiting on a full list of series regulars for the year. One of the drivers who was considering a full run with the series was Wisconsin driver Scotty Thiel. But in a release yesterday, it was revealed that he and Team 73 will instead do a pick-and-choose schedule in 2022. They've got a packed slate plan that includes the Outlaws, the All-Stars, IRA, Fast, Power Eye Races, their new 410 deal, MOA, and a bunch more. Thiel's a regional guy that makes scattered starts with the big series each season. In 2021, it was 11 starts with the Outlaws and 13 starts with the All-Stars. That will ramp up significantly this season with, I think I counted north of 20 nights with just the Outlaws upcoming for that team. Thiel had a nice run in May and June with the All-Stars in 2021, picking up five straight top tens and a best finish of fourth at Circle City on May 21st. His best Outlaw finish was an eighth at Wilmot in July. I point all of this out because this team is making a big jump this season in their commitment to racing. And I think the seed time and added resources could really benefit Thiel. He's got 20 IRA wins in his career, and I think there are certain tracks and parts of the country where we could see him do really well this season. I think more outlaw top 10s are possible, and he's a guy, I think, who could sneak up on us and grab an all-star win, like we saw with his IRA brethren, Bill Balog. We'll see Thiel uh, in his first 410 action in a couple of weeks at Attica in Ohio. In some news that came out just a little bit ago, the World of Outlaws have bumped the purses for the upcoming weekend for both the sprint cars and late models at Bristol. Both the Friday and Saturday shows for each series will pay $25,000 to win and $2,000 to start. I believe the re uh, release said the full purse is like $400K for the weekend. Last year, the first night was $10,000 to win, while the second was $25,000. The start money is up from $1,000 and $1,200 respectively. I wonder if this move to fatten the purse is in response to the car counts from last year. We only, uh, only had 28 sprint cars and 29 late models on those two weekends. Bristol was not easy on equipment with the speeds, and I think it kept some of those teams away. According to the release, the event is again invite only, which will certainly piss people off uh, for some reason like it did last year. I'm sure we'll hear about that. I'll be curious to see how these Bristol events, though, between both the Outlaws and XR do in year two. You won't have that novelty factor like you did in 2021, so will teams still show up and will fans still tune in kind of in the high numbers they did last year? We'll have to wait and see what happens here in a couple of weeks. Drop me a comment. Let me know if these Bristol events are still high on your watch list for this year or if you view them like you do any other race. You know, let me know if that's something you're like, do we view these as bigger events because it's on uh, at Bristol or, or do they, you know, do we need more history and kind of things like that for an event like this? Let me know what you think. If you're at work or running around this week and want some other dirt racing audio in your ear holes, Loud Pedal has Emerson Axum, Forward Bite has Cody Overton and Kenny Collins, Ohio Dirt has DJ Foose, Passing Points has Emmett Hahn, and there are new episodes of Winged Nation's Work Area, 
The Dirt Reporters, and The Dirt Nerds. To see the full list of podcasts and recent episodes, jump over to dirttracker.com slash podcasts. And it's again a quiet day on the streaming platforms with only Flow Racing 24-7 on today's streaming schedule. To see the full daily streaming schedule any day of the week with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Wednesday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.